Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Cross Country Sports Podcast, coming to you live on this Tuesday, April 27th. And if you know what that means, it means we're really close to the NFL draft. So let me bring in my co-host, Elijah Zalonke. I'm Noah Friedman. And Elijah, hey, I am really Elijah Zalonke. Hello. We are, we are so excited. Um, first of all, because, you know, we've got a draft coming up. It's going to be great. Uh, well, I mean, it could go a lot of ways for our teams. Um, but it's going to be exciting. That's for sure. Uh, always fun to see where these guys go. Always fun to see their stories too. I think, uh, ESPN does a great job of covering them. Um, and also I'm excited because I have one of my very best friends on the show this time around, another Noah, his name is Noah Gross. Um, but don't let his last name fool you. He is not a gross person. He is a good person. And he is also, he also happens to be a football expert he knows all the ins and outs of the game and um big time eagles fan die hard um so welcome to the show noah gross we're uh, we're excited to have you man thank you guys for having me on what an intro wow good person i'm glad that this is being recorded so i have this to hold against him later in court i'm glad you have this officially on the record oh yes man. it's very true so uh, it's important to get elijah saying nice things on the record because it does not happen very often oh there you go strong. I, and and you know, he's not holding a gun to your head either, so it's it's all no. good. And no, also, for those who are curious, uh, I spent a couple of years coaching football in East Los Angeles. Uh, I used to go to University of Missouri, did a couple of pieces for them and NPR. So you know, live, eat, breathe football, just like a lot of you out there. And not also only left bench for a few years. True, and not only is he one of Elijah's good friends, but. The three of us know each other because, again, we all went to summer camp together at Camp JZ Shalom and Mount. Iconic, so iconic. There's so that connection. Camp, parents. It, it, it runs in the family. So, again, Noah, great name, by the way. Welcome to the show. We're really happy to have you, especially on this special Here, occasion. Here's right? a fun fact that I think really fits this podcast well. My middle name is Daniel, and up and for pretty much my mother's entire pregnancy, they were arguing whether I'd be Daniel Noah or Noah Daniel. And the reason that my father was pushing for Daniel Noah is he wanted to be named after Danny Warfel, who, of course, is the Florida Gator Heisman winning quarterback. Oh, there you go. Fun fact. Yeah, and so my dad's like, that's the best reason. Mom's like, what about God and Noah and, like, tradition and the tour? And my dad's like, yeah, but football. So when I say it's been in me since birth, it's been in me since birth. Oh yeah, football. Football's a religion to us. In addition to Judaism, they go hand in hand. Yeah, uh, I would say a clear one A and one B. Fair, that's fair. Any Anyways, makers listen to Noah and what he's going to do. So we're we're gonna break this down here because we talked we about it before we went on, and we're gonna have a really interesting format here because um, me and the other Noah came up with mock drafts. Elijah tried and uh, his brain caught up to him. So he's going to be chiming in and agreeing or disagreeing and basically formulating his own mock based off of what Noah and I picked. So the way I, that I, we're gonna I do have it, my Ticonderoga right here. And yes, it's ready. exactly. So the way that we're going to do it is we're going to each alternate. We're going to announce the first eight picks. Then we're going to announce the next eight picks and the next eight picks and then the next eight picks, which makes 32 first round draft picks so without further ado the guest of honor noah gross please go ahead and list your first eight picks and then i will go and then we'll have a discussion please thank you so much for that so getting started number one overall pick 
don't try to overthink things. We all know what it's going to be. You know, greatest quarterback, arguably 21st century, Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson, going to Jacksonville Jaguars. Prospect, Never- greatest quarterback prospect. But yes, you're right. Continue. Sure, thank you. Thank you. It's fair correction, fair distinction. Yes. Uh, number two, the New York Jets, you know, y'all, again, we kind of know what they're doing. The draft really starts at three, in my opinion. We know it's going to be BYU, quarterback Zach Wilson. People have tried to say it's going to be this, it's going to be that. It's going to be Zach Wilson. This is one of the easiest bets in the entire draft. And number three is where things get fun. Um, People have talked a lot about it being Mac Wilson. And I get how Wilson is the safe guy, but I don't think you jump up to three for the safe guy. I think you're going someone with a higher ceiling. And I think San Francisco does so with Justin Fields, the quarterback out of Ohio State. With the fourth pick, I thought about having Atlanta move down, potentially adding some assets considering how strapped for cash they are and their current cap situation, but I had them staying here and taking Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. He's a freak athlete, can line up all over the field, and if they do end up trading Julio Jones, he kind of offsets that need for a playmaker. With the fifth pick, I have the Cincinnati Bengals taking Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU. We all saw a photo shoot. We all saw Burrow's knee. We all know he needs protection, but you have to remember Jonah Williams is there. He's a first-round pick. They signed Riley Reef. And it's a deep offensive line class. They can come back in the second round and grab contributors just like they did last year when they got T. Higgins in the second round. With point. the sixth pick, I have the Dolphins taking Panay Sewell, often as a tackle out of Oregon, a phenomenal athlete who is somehow better in pass protection than in run blocking, which doesn't say he has bad run blocking. It just tells you how good his pass blocking is. Freak also athlete. 20. Pardon? Oh, he just he just said he's only 20, which I think is worth more. Only 20. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. And, you know, some people say he sat out. In my opinion, you really can't hold opt-outs against guys this year. At a certain point, it sort of kind of becomes asterisk. The Lakers didn't win a title type argument. Like, at a certain point, none of it matters then. You know what I mean? I He's personally one of my favorite prospects. As an Eagles fan, he's the best tackle since Lane Johnson. Wow. That is high praise. That is very high praise coming from you. Yeah. So at seven, you know, I really did think – I do think Detroit's going to want to move down. I think someone will want to come up for a quarterback, potentially Trey Lance, but I just don't see anyone pulling the trigger at this point. So I had him stay where they are and take Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. It's the worst wide receiver room in the NFL. I genuinely can't name anyone off the top of my head after – I think because I'm pretty sure Agnew – I'm like, pretty sure they're all gone. They just – they need an infusion of talent. Everyone talks about the size. I get it. It concerns me, but it didn't. It wasn't a problem for Marvin Harrison. Won't be a problem for Devontae Smith. And finally, speaking of Trey Lance, I have him going with the very next pick at number eight, Carolina Panthers. Everyone knows Matt Rule's background. Came out of Baylor. He's a college coach. Gives him that big-armed, big-legged quarterback to build around going forward in the NFC South. I like it. Very nice. No, nothing. Nothing illogical there at all. Yeah, and also, yeah, you know, I really, I, I had thoughts that I'm sure me and Friedman will get into, but my biggest thing was probably at seven, I, I, I think in reality, someone will come up to come and get Trey Lance, but I already had some, uh, I, we all agreed to limit ourselves to three trades per mock, and uh, for the listeners, a little, little, little breadcrumb, I had a couple of those already planned out later in the mock, so I kind of left that alone. And uh, let Detroit take Devontae Smith, who I think is a phenomenally talented receiver. 
This is where we'd have that meme where it's like it's a surprise tool used later or something, uh, the Mickey Mouse meme or whatever. One of those cool things by them youths, because we also are young and cool. Oh here. yeah, no, we're all Gen Z ish, close enough to it. Anyway, I want to hear Friedman's mock. I'm so curious. Yeah. So first of all, uh, I probably should have disclosed this before we started, but me and Noah did, have not looked at each other's mocks until very recently. So I no, very I haven't even gone through your mock, frankly. Right. I find it very interesting that each of us have picked in the top eight, and we each have the same players that have been taken in the first eight picks. Mine are just slotted in different places than yours. Right. For the most part. Right. Also, it's best to disclose that first round picks for each team do not come from the Texans because of trades with DeAndre Hopkins, Laramie Tunsil, the Los Angeles Rams who uh, traded away or traded Jalen Ramsey, and then the Seahawks who got Jamal Adams. So I want to make that very clear. So anyway, first overall pick, Jags taking Trevor Lawrence. We already went through that. That's easy money. Second overall pick. Again, I love Noah's analysis. I agree wholeheartedly. Zach Wilson will be the quarterback taken out of BYU. With the third pick, this is where I find it very interesting, especially because of the words that Kyle Shanahan said the other day in his press conference about how he couldn't guarantee that his incumbent quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, would be on the roster and anybody in the world would be alive come Sunday. So I find that very interesting to even begin with. Instead, I think that the 49ers go in the direction of Trey Lance. I think that he fits the mold. I think that he fits the West Coast style. I like him at number three going to San Francisco. For the fourth overall pick, this is where I like to have fun. I think that there's going to be a blockbuster trade involving three teams. So I have the New England Patriots moving all the way up from number 15 to number four, where the Atlanta Falcons are currently. They're going to be taking Justin Fields. And for the same reasons that Noah said, I think that his athleticism, the way that he can build around in a Josh McDaniel style offense, I love this pick for the Patriots. And I think he's been linked there for a while. The Bengals, I have them protecting Joe Burrow. Unlike Noah here, I have Panay Sewell going number five overall to the Cincinnati Bengals. I think especially because of injuries with Joe Burrow last season, I think that he needs to be shored up. And like you said, that offensive line help is there, but Sewell is the best one in the draft. And I think that shoring it up would make a lot of sense, especially for a guy like Zach Taylor, who's new at coaching. Number six, Miami, they had that huge trade moving down from three and then moving back up to six with the Philadelphia Eagles, I have them reuniting the 2018 college football national champions to a tug of Iloa throwing to Devontae Smith, the current Heisman Trophy winner, wide receiver Alabama. I think that just makes all the sense in the world. Everybody wants to see it. It'll be a great fit in Miami. Number seven, like you said, Noah, I really like the fact that the wide receiver core in Detroit is kind of scarce at this point. So Jamar Chase makes a whole lot of sense at number seven, going to the Lions and shoring up that wide receiver room, especially with the loss of Kenny Galladay to the New York Giants. And then finally, the number eight overall pick, since the Patriots moved up to four in my mock, I have the Falcons moving back to eight and also taking Kyle Pitts and still getting draft capital. So I find it very interesting that in a mock, which by the way, this is the first time I've ever filled out a mock draft. I think that the Falcons still get their guy, and yet they somehow get him four picks later. So that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, it's interesting how you both have uh, you both have Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta, uh, except you know obviously uh, different timing. Um, and yeah, no, I mean like you know I can't really. First of all, I just think it's like I think it's great that you all have the same 
uh, you got the same players just going to different places. Um, I think that one thing I can deduce from this is that I really can't see a situation where Atlanta doesn't trade back. I think that's the thing is that originally I had them trading back, but you know, I think Kyle Pitts is such a, just such a difference maker at the tight end position, especially considering how much that offense changed once they lost Austin Hooper. And again, with the cap situation, you might lose a Julio. What I found was interesting in, in, in Friedman's, in Friedman's mock there was Devontae Smith over Jamar Chase, considering Mm -hmm. the size issues, considering sort of the fact that just, just most mocks you'll see Jamar just going first. Yeah, you you get him back with two, and that's fine. It's a great story, and you'll, you'll sell merch. But is that the best football move? I wonder. I you know and, and and let me respond to that. I think it, I think it's a good point. The problem is there aren't too many wide receivers of Jamar Chase's build. So he's a once in a lifetime freak athlete, and I think that he makes a lot more sense going to um, Detroit to play with Jared Goff and just completely develop a new system over there in Detroit. And I want to see what he can do, especially considering he's probably going to get a lot of the touches considering sure. that why Miami still has a, a, a ton of wide receiver talent over there, especially Devonte Parker. And your other pick that I found interesting was Lance over field, where I think we're similar is that we both understand that Shanahan's going to want an athletic quarterback. He hasn't had that before. Lance has the bigger arm, I would argue, but at this point I would say field has the accuracy and I wonder which Shanahan would value more. And then we get back to the conversation again of Mac Jones. At, at the end of the day, I personally don't believe Mac Jones is as good as either of them. But if your head coach wants a guy, we've seen in the NFL, sometimes your head coach gets his guy. I agree. And that's a huge teaser as well, because I, I believe that both of us have Mac Jones somewhere in this first round. And I'm really curious to see where that is. And so it, as long as Elijah doesn't have anything more to add, do you have anything more to add? Uh, not yet. I think what I'm going to do is like, I'm going to, I'm going to pencil in my picks and like at the end, once we're done with everything, I'll go through like my, like I'll go through what I have of a mock draft. That's kind of based on yours. If that makes sense. Cool. Cool. Oh, awesome. All right. Let's go. Oh, this, this is fun. No like, gross. You get the floor for picks nine through 16. Nine through sweet 16, baby. Let's go. Now it gets fun. So with the ninth pick, I have the Denver Broncos. You know, I really wasn't sure on this one. This was probably the pick in the top 10. I waffled with the most. I must have changed their pick three or four times. I eventually settled on Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State. An absolute freak athlete. Can do everything in the middle of the field. Reminds me a lot of Anthony Barr as far as rushing the passer, playing the run game, and dropping into coverage. Are some character concerns, but I think that was more a result of young kids being dumb, which I know I certainly was when his (laughs) character issues happened. I certainly didn't make the best choices then. Um, so then at number 10, Dallas Cowboys, they've been linked to Pat Sertain. I have them taking South Carolina cornerback, JC Horn. He had some insane measurable to his combine. I believe he ran either a 4-3-9 or a 4-4-1 at 6-1. You know, played very sticky coverage. And the Cowboys, as we all know, have no problem trying to be the smartest people in the room and going outside the box. So now, as I have that one, my first of what I teased earlier, trades of the evening. With the 11th pick, the Chicago Bears Uh, take the New York Giants pick. Oh, it feels so good to say it's Elijah's face just just (laughs) glowing in the beautiful spring evening. Take quarterback Mac Jones out of Alabama. Personally, not a huge fan. 
but the high accuracy and the football intelligence are what Nagy will appreciate and what, in theory, should thrive within Nagy's system. With the 12th pick, I have my Philadelphia Eagles taking the guy who I've wanted since day one, the aforementioned Pat Sertain, cornerback out of Bama. He's the best all-around DB in the draft, very disciplined eyes, and a cerebral understanding of the game, has such a good understanding of route concepts and what receivers want to do. I think he has the ability to, in a couple of years after playing next to Darius Slay, take over as a CB1 and be a potential Stephon Gilmore type, potentially. At number 13, I have the Chargers taking this year's draft darling in Rayshon Slater, offensive lineman out of Northwestern. I think he's highly versatile, can play potentially four spots along the line. I don't think he's a left tackle in the NFL, but I think he could be for the Chargers. I think he compares more down the line to a Zach Martin who could kick inside. With the 14th pick, I have the Minnesota Vikings taking Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard out of USC. He's got Spells great his name wrong. Spells it with an A instead of an E. Because he's a really cool guy. Because cool guys spell their names in cool ways. Uh, I actually really like him watching his tape. He really has an understanding of momentum and how to block, how to move guys in the run game, how to get to the second level. The Vikings have swung some interior linemen in the past couple of years and have missed. You know, guys like Bradbury, then a couple others they swung and missed on. With the 15th pick, it's a pretty easy one. The New England Patriots, we saw how desperately they needed playmakers. They take Jalen Waddle, the explosive receiver out of Alabama. He has insane speed, and he's got in, and he's a nightmare with the ball in his hands, but he has to get better as an actual route runner and pure receiver. We saw last year Henry Ruggs and, and Oakland, the 12th pick, have some struggles with receiver at the next level, only had, I believe, two touchdowns in the season. These speed guys who have been able to be faster than everyone their entire lives sometimes come into the league and struggle. With the 16th pick, to wrap it up, I have the Arizona Cardinals taking one of my favorite players in this draft, Christian Jarosaw, the offensive tackle out of, Virginia, out of Virginia Tech. He's a phenomenal zone blocker who should do well in the air raid system down in the desert. He gets second level really easily in the run game, but he needs to get stronger on his base. He can get overpowered at times by strong rushers. And now I hand the floor back to my extremely esteemed colleague with the phenomenal, phenomenal phenomenal wall art, Mr. Noah Friedman. It's so funny that you comment on this stuff because this is a podcast and no one can actually see what you're But it makes me happy. Like, thank you. I'm in the process of moving. I have, so I moved into my new apartment two and a half weeks ago and I'll have things to be hung. They're sitting in a box in the living room, but they're there to be hung. And so I currently have the very beautifully aesthetic gray wall by also, like Noah, Noah Gross is a basketball fan, and you know to see his name like in massive writing on a bunch of basketballs, like that's pretty cool. Like that's a cool. That's baller. Like, but that's, that's see, really you hoop over your door to shoot through. Just oh, he, he has your door, just close your door, hoop under it. Ball would hit closed door every time you make it and roll back. I think to you he on has one. Am I, am I right, uh, Noah Freeman? A man of culture. I did. I don't, I don't think oh. I have one anymore, but oh. this is what I get for living in the same room, except for going to college for 25 years. So this is, and this is where my bar mitzvah too. So that's just the that's fun fact about, about it. Noah's a really healthy person who grows a lot in his life. <laughs> Literally. So, uh. so w- without that banter, um, everyone can just forget about that because it's embarrassing. But in any case, oh. I'm going to go ahead and say my picks nine through 16 and 
first of all, Noah, again, your candor is just great on this show. We really appreciate you being on. Number nine, the Denver Broncos. Uh, I also think that Rashawn Slater is probably the best offensive lineman in this draft, and that's why I have him going number nine to the Denver Broncos. The reasoning behind that, in short, is that I believe in Drew Locke. I think he deserves another chance. And instead of him just running around everywhere, I think that Slater can do a great job of protecting him, whether they set him up on the blind side or whether they set him up on the right side. It doesn't matter. Number 10, Dallas Cowboys. Patrick Sertain makes so much sense in the world. He's ready for the bright lights. He played at Bama already. He reminds me so much of like an, an Eddie Jackson maybe for the Chicago Bears. I think that Bama just produces the same players over and over and over. Oh, they, they just, they're so, so good at yeah, getting these exactly. guys. So, so Jackson, Patrick Zertain, Patrick Zertain can be like this rover type player. So I love him at number 10. Number 11, I have the Giants selecting Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. I think that he's definitely ready for the big time. And I really like him in a Joe Judge type system. And uh, I think he'll do great things in, in New York. Uh, playing linebacker with Blake Martinez and number 12 for Noah Gross's Eagles in that huge trade like I talked about before between the Eagles the Dolphins and the 49ers which is the reason why the 49ers are at three and the Dolphins are at six I have the Eagles taking Christian Derisaw the offensive lineman from Virginia Tech I like this pick because I think it makes a lot of sense for uh, Nick Sirianni the new head coach of the Eagles to have somebody blocking for Jalen Hurts, even though he has gone on to say that it's a quarterback competition and Joe Flacco, the Penn, uh, Philadelphia native, even though he lived just over the river, is there now in that quarterback room. Regardless, I think the Eagles need help and the offensive line. I like this pick. Number 13, the Chargers. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the linebacker from Notre Dame. I think that they've had success already with Notre Dame players that they've drafted. I think that this pick makes a whole lot of sense especially because Melvin Ingram seems to get injured all the time. And you could fill in that position right there. Number 14, Minnesota Vikings. Christian Barmore, the defensive lineman from Alabama, makes a lot of sense with this pick as well. I think that if you put him up with Daniil Hunter, he'll do great things, especially because the quarterbacks in the NFC North are some of the most challenging. And I think that competition speaks levels. And because he went to Bama, he can translate perfectly. Uh, as I'd said, my biggest trade was between three teams, the Patriots, the Falcons, Carolina Panthers. This is where the, the Panthers end up because they end up trading back and the Falcons end up trading forward. And Teddy Bridgewater is the guy that I think goes to Atlanta in this deal. So that's my big shakeup for the NFL draft in this time. So I think that he gets traded within the division and he ends up being in that quarterback room in Atlanta. And as a result, the Panthers get just get so much more draft capital, and they end up taking Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech. I like this player a lot. He's a local guy already, and I feel like the Panthers have already scouted him in some sort of term, so I like him at number 15. 16, Arizona Cardinals. This one was kind of confusing for me, as the Cardinals are kind of a borderline team in a really good NFC West. So I have them taking Trayvon Merrig, the safety from TCU, I think that Isaiah Simmons last year's pick had developed and bloomed really well um, in a nice Vance Joseph system. So I really like this pick as well. And that's basically all I have to say about that. So we're through our mock drafts up to number 16. Elijah, I'll give you the floor here because I, I'm sure you're clamoring with some statistics that you want to throw out. Oh, no, I, 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 I like where y'all are going with this. 
Um, and all I'll say, like the, the main thing I want to say is that, um, well, first of all, I just upgraded Zoom, so we're good to we're good to keep going. Uh, and secondly, um, really, the main thing I want to say about this is that I, I well, first of all, the one thing about Elijah Vera Tucker is he's one of those players who is kind of on the cusp between whether he's going to play guard or tackle, um, which is why I think it's interesting him going to the Vikings because I know that they could use you know, just one of those versatile offensive line guys. And that's, you know, for Gross's draft. Really, you just gave me a lot to think about. And um, I'm, I'm going to get to work here on uh, on just, you know, penciling penciling these guys in. Um, I think that Trayvon, uh, how do you say it? Oh, Merig. Merig. Yeah, I, think that's very, mm-hmm. I think that's a very interesting pick. Uh, and I, I didn't think he'd uh, he'd go that early. So that's definitely. Yeah, you know, I was I was deciding between Darisaw and Tucker for the Vikings. And like I said, the versatility is why I went Tucker. Uh, and you know, I, I I understand that Caleb Farley is an exciting prospect. I personally and just am not the biggest fan of his. I think everyone talks about he moved from receiver to corner. Isn't that a great thing? I see it kind of strangely. He went from quarterback to receiver. He's got a single year of corner. I personally wouldn't feel comfortable taking someone with a single year of playing cornerback. Uh, uh, Friedman's biggest pick I want to talk about is the Eagles taking <laughs> Darisaw. Oh, yeah. I knew, this would, I knew this would piss you off a little. <laughs> so he unintentionally or perhaps intentionally, we'll talk about that part later, has hit upon my single biggest pet peeve of this mock draft season is Eagles taking offensive linemen in the first round. Is it realistic? Absolutely. But should it be? No, it shouldn't be. <laughs> that at left tackle, they've got Andre Dillard, a first-round pick, as well as Jordan Mailata, former rugby star who started, I believe, a total of 10 games in the last couple of years and has looked decent at times. They've got Isaac Sayamalo at left guard. They've got Jason Kelsey back for another year. Brandon Brooks coming off injury. They're going to get a fully healthy Lane Johnson. They've drafted guys mid-rounds the past couple of years. I get it. The Eagles in the most sacks in the league last year, but what would be more helpful in protecting Hurts wouldn't be another lineman. It'd be something to get rid of the ball so the lineman doesn't so that he doesn't have to do so much. Also, Trayvon Merrick, I love him. I think he's a phenomenal player. He's my he may be my favorite DB in the entire draft outside of Pat wow. Sertain. Uh, and Christian Barrymore is a guy who every year there are guys who slide down into the 25 to 30 range. And we get that a year later, we go, how did that happen? I think this year, defensive tackle is the position that I've been talking about as being the weakest. And as a result, I have Barrymore sliding down my board, but I'm also a big Barrymore fan as well. And, and Noah, I just wanted to say too, very interestingly, you have the Bears trading up to number 11 to take Mac Jones. And I initially had Mac Jones going to the Bears as well in their original draft slot. And I found it interesting. I did a last minute change and we'll talk about that more in a second, that having Mac Jones not only be drafted by the Bears, but trading up. I, 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 I wish that we could put on our GM hats and see, oh, what are the other side going to get in terms of their draft capital here? Because Right, and you know, it's always fun to pull up those draft point boards. It'd probably be something in the range of like a two and a four this year and a three next year, something along those lines. And like, do the Bears need to do that and move in front of, say, the Chargers probably taking a quarterback and the Vikings, who most likely are taking a quarterback? Maybe not, but I feel like they think if they don't, someone will go and get Mac Jones. Right, and, and and I find it completely interesting, too, because the Bears' social media account 
when Andy Dalton signed and they made it official, they said, QB1. And they're going to be getting Andy Dalton. They made it official, and they still have Nick Foles in that quarterback room, too. And I think with Pace and Nagy both knowing they're playing for their jobs, they're both going to be okay going, you know what? If we end up setting back this franchise and being wrong, it's not going to be our problem because we're not going to be here. Yep. They, they already did it for Cleo Mack. So they made yeah, it. Exactly. Precisely. So, so yeah, yeah, I probably need to pick it. Oh, name. Elijah's a really happy person right now, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Elijah is Elijah's very bummed out about all this. But, hey, you know what? Maybe we'll just surprise everyone and just, like, get the, have the best draft. You know, if they just stay where they are, this is such a deep receiver class, and that's a position of need for them. Someone will be there at 20. They'll be a perfectly reasonable pick for them. If they just oh, that, that's where what they I'm thinking. And, actually, I think one of y'all has that later on um, wait for our picks to come in and speaking yes. of which, call a teaser in the biz y'all yeah uh, well, yeah i should probably I, I think that was actually kind of a spoiler but um but yeah i think we should um let, let's get to the let's get to the next half of the draft i'm still uh I, i'm working on i'm working on the arizona cardinal or I, i'm trying to think about like the cardinals at 16 right now because right now what i have penciled in is uh i i see that Gross has Darasaw there. I have Darasaw going earlier. I won't tell you where just yet. And then Friedman has uh, Merig going there. And I think that the Cardinals are actually pretty good at defensive or at, at the safety position with uh, with Buddha Baker and uh, why am I blanking? There's another one. Noah, help me here. Gross. Oh, Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, Simmons. Thank you. Exactly. Clemson. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Uh, so Simmons. Madden well, Darling, I think, I'll add. I, I think what they need more than anything else is kind of a corner. So that's kind of where I'm at with Arizona. To replace uh, Patrick Peterson, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, I think it make a ton of sense. I think, like I said, receiver and corner are the two deepest positions in this class. I think we could come back in the next round and grab maybe an Eric Stokes, maybe the kid out of Syracuse. There'll be options for them in that second round. But I think in the NFC West, where there are, you have to, you, got, you, need, you need two things. You need a quarterback, and you need guys to protect him in that division. You just need – you just do. Oh, especially against Aaron Donald. Yeah, and, you know, I love Darius Lossier. I think he's a hyper-athletic and agile offensive tackle. I think he's such a good scheme fit for what they want to do in Arizona. Okay, so we've made it through the first 16 picks, so we're halfway through the draft. Elijah, we're going to bring you in now because I'm sure that you want to read what you have so far. So we want to hear you, what you got. That's a really good idea. We could do it. Like this is the halfway point. So this is probably, that's really smart. Clever, clever idea. No, for me. Hey, um, so uh, first, first overall pick, we got uh, obviously Jacksonville going to get Trevor Lawrence uh, jets. I still, I mean, there's a part of me that thinks they might end up surprising everyone in going fields, but I do think they're going to go Zach Wilson three. I decided to go with Justin Fields for the 49ers I think that that's just ultimately what they're going to end up deciding and then I think that there is going to be a trade-up with Atlanta uh, but it's not going to be the Patriots going to be Denver and I think Denver's going to trade up and get Trey Lance I think that you know someone from he went North Dakota State or South Dakota State one of the Dakotas they're the same he went to a Dakota State and was really good at North Dakota State say it right yeah go Bison Yes, Bison, exactly. The Wentz school. And yeah. he and he is going to – I think that he'll like he'll fit in Denver, you know, with a altitude. He'll throw that. that ball out of mile high, and that's not an exaggeration. Oh, yeah. He could he could hit that Bronco at the top of the stadium. Um, he might hit John Elway. In the he booth. hit the Bronco at the airport with his arm. Yeah, for real. 
no, he's got a cannon, and he's he's fun to watch. I'm excited to see him play. Um, then with Cincinnati, I, I had to go like I, I like where Gross went, but I had to go with Penai Suel just because I think that they I, I think Riley Reef like I, I don't think he's like I think he's good, but like I don't think that he gives like just given, no long term answer, sure, right, exactly, and just given the fact that Burrow is coming off an ACL injury, I think that they are gonna do everything they can to prioritize protecting him. And so I went with the Penai Suel pick there. Or he's, he's like the modern day Anthony Munoz, if you will. I, and you know, I, I think in my gut, if I was the GM of the Bengals, I would be taking Sewell, but with the Eagles moving out of six and have, and, and they would have in theory had the ability to take Jamar Chase. I have to imagine they did that having some sort of inkling that one way or another Chase wasn't going to be there at six. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I feel like exactly. And I also think, well, yeah. And I also think that just because of how receiver heavy the draft is sure. and how corner heavy, like they, they need outside guys, offense and defense. Which is another reason why, as I said, as I previously said, you know, offensive linemen will get pushed down in the draft and they'll be able to grab one in the second round, I think. Oh, completely. Completely. Yeah. Um, now, um, Miami, I have getting. Uh, Neither of the guys you said. I think they're gonna they're gonna be the ones to get Jamar Chase. Um, I think that the chemistry between Smith and uh, Tagovailoa is definitely very important. Or I mean, it's definitely worth acknowledging. But I still think that Miami's ultimately gonna go with the better option, who is Chase at this point. I think. Uh, and then I think that Detroit is gonna go ahead and get Devonte Smith, um, even though honestly they might be one A one B at this point. Um, and then at number eight. Um, I don't know how Friedman had Atlanta go, moving back to eight when that was – oh, because – Carolina. Right. You had Atlanta moving to eight where Carolina was yes. because they trade Bridgewater within the division. Right. right. Um, I think that – I think that that's going to stay Carolina's pick, and I think they're going to go for uh, Rashawn Slater. I think they're going to go Good for that for offensive tackle. Uh, I think that's very important. Uh, and then Denver or Denver traded with Atlanta. I still have them getting Atlanta getting Kyle Pitts here. Um, so no matter what, no matter where Atlanta picks, they're going to get Kyle Pitts. You heard it here, third. Flip a uh, coin. Yeah, right. Um, Flip a coin three times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number ten, Patrick Sertain, the second going to Alabama. I mean, he went to Alabama. Excuse me, going to the Cowboys. I have. Uh, sorry, Noah, I know that, or sorry, Noah Gross, I know that's probably not ideal for you. It's going to happen in reality, I'm going to be very sad, and we're going to, I I know it's going to happen, we're going to end up taking an offensive lineman after, like, Sertain and Horn go back-to-back, it's going to happen, I know this. Well, we'll laugh not, about necessarily, it after. not necessarily, and I'll tell you why, because what's going to happen is the New York football giants um, are going to, I think that, ah, uh, I had, uh, I, I'm starting to regret this. Say I it. have them. You know what? I'm, I'm I'm changing it right now because I don't think they're going to take Micah Parsons because yeah. I think that, I think they like what they have on defense. I think they're going to take Jalen Waddle. I agree. I think they're going to take Jalen Waddle here because I think Waddle is one of the more underrated receivers in the draft, and the they have a the the Giants have a very talented, sound receiving room that all in all will play about 14 games cumulatively this season because of how often they get hurt. So they have Jalen Waddle has a lot of really talented guys to learn from in Galladay and um, 
Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. Yes. Uh, Ingram. Is Ingram still there? Ingram's still there, right? Yeah. Uh, Ingram, yeah. Yeah. So there's so so many weapons for the Giants. And I think that, um, but like so many weapons that are often hurt and, you know, kind of slow at this point. Um, I think Jalen Waddle will give, it just gives Daniel Jones a really, really, really nice weapon to work with. And then Philadelphia, I think y'all are going to get J.C. Horn, who, um, I mean, you know, definitely y'all are in need of a corner. Uh, someone who could pair up with Darius Slay very, very ideally. Um, Similar Slay, skill sets, very sticky coverage type corner. Slay, uh, could really develop into a long-term CB1. And also Slay, Slay, from watching him all these years in Chicago, like as a Bears fan, he, because like, he played for the Lions, um, he, he's, he's going to, like, he's a very, very just a very sound player and i think he's one of those smart guys does everything really well yes exactly exactly then um the chargers i think that in a similar vein to um in a similar vein of um this is kind of what gross was thinking um and similarly to the Bengals, except minus the injury i think that you know they got they had the rookie of the year quarterback they're going to want to protect him christian derisa goes to um the chargers the offensive lineman because Slater already went uh, in my mock. So, and then at 14, uh, I also have Elijah Vera Tucker because I do know that the, uh, the Vikings, uh, although I, I, I see really, I'm kind of on the fence between Tucker and Barmore there because the Vikings really, really need defensive line. They could not get after the quarterback last year. Um, they really, really struggled in that regard. However, because of how good they are at training defensive linemen in general, I think that they're going to go offensive line because I think that they're going to be able to find someone later in the draft. So Elijah Vera Tucker, he spells his name wrong, but he's probably a good football player. Um, so yeah, I think uh, Elijah Vera Tucker goes there. Uh, 15, 15, I had, um, where was I? Oh yeah, New England. New England, I have drafting. I think that they are going to get, let me find his name. Oh yeah, uh, Trevon Merrig. I think that they're going to get the safety. I think Belichick's going to love having a guy like that. Uh, According to Noah Gross, you know, he's just like so talented. Um, TCU guy, I think Belichick's going to be happy with that. And then at 16, I think that Arizona might be reaching a little bit here, but a guy with tremendous upside, but a very unfortunate potential downside, and that is Caleb Farley, uh, the corner from Virginia Tech, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I find fascinating, most fascinating about both your mocks? I just don't see a world where Jalen Waddle makes it out of the first 16 picks. Like, someone's going to see him and go, oh, I can get Tyreek. Like, someone's going to fall in love with his ability. Oh, yeah, that, that's why I haven't gone to the Giants. And, and it's Oh, you're right. I missed that. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, you're right. No, you're good. It's deceiving. Well, okay, so I guess I'm the only one out of all of them. Well, then I guess, yeah, I guess Noah's the, I guess Freeman's the, uh, the lone a hole here. Hey, I I, I'm totally I fine with. I'm totally fine with Noah Friedman's uh, pick here. I'll explain. I'll explain. The so, so no, 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 no. I'm, I'm gonna explain. We're gonna get to it. And I think the biggest thing about Waddle is he had that foot injury, so it kept him out for a while, and we didn't really get to see a whole lot of tape on him. But I think yes, you're, you're right. It's gifted. It's understandable. So with that, I want to transition back to Noah because we've got pick 17 through 24. And we're going to go to them right now. So go for it, Noah. 
I appreciate that. So at 17, I have the Raiders taking Caleb Farley at the Virginia Tech corner. I think, you know, the next couple of picks are really wild cards. The next, I think, four to five picks can all really go in a lot of different directions. Farley has that boomer bust quality and the, the Raiders will really love. Arguably the highest ceiling, but the injury and the lack of tape pushing down the board. Uh, at 18, I had the Miami Dolphins taking Zayvon Collins, linebacker from Tulsa. He's a great athlete. He can do everything in all three phases. He can rush the passer, drop into the coverage, and it's really good against the run. Obviously, their head coach is a Belichick disciple. I think he could kind of be their version of Dante Hightower, who, of course, was a staple for that Patriot defense for, what, a decade? Not to mention uh, the Washington football team. Sorry, which one of the more surprising cuts of the offseasons, in my personal opinion. Uh, at 19, I have Washington taking Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the Notre Dame linebacker, just an electric, electric talent, uh, a little undersized, needs to add some weight and strength, but can act as sort of a joker in, in that defense when you have that defensive line where I believe they have five first-round picks. They've invested money in the secondary. They could use that athlete in the middle of their that, defensive line. That, that is a great pick. I can't tell you how upset I was. I was sitting there going, oh, darn. You're like, oh, God, this makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Just certain guys go to certain schemes and you go, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's one one of them. Anywhere, but on that defense, like, that's going to be – that could be very special. He's such a good fit for them. Oh, my God. And then at 20, after trading down with Chicago, I have the New York Giants taking Quiddy Pay, the edge out of Michigan – Arguably, arguably has the highest ceiling of any edge rusher. Edge rusher is really a big question mark in this class. Kind of a lot of guys, no clear standout like in the past few years. He has a crazy motor. Uh, he, he needs to clean up the hands and the technique, though. The motor will only get you so far in this league. At 21, the Colts, I considered having them going off as a tackle, considering the, the surprise retirement of Anthony Costanzo, but I figured they would get Costanzo, excuse me, not – Seinfeld characters, although I would love to see Costanza play left tackle in the NFL. Hilarious. Uh, but I decided to have them go with Jalen Phillips, the edge out of Miami. Uh, some injuries for him down the board, but he's got great hips and long arms to get around the edge. Really bendy type athlete. Reminds me of Derek Barnett, the Eagle, coming out a couple of years ago. A uh, big fan of his game. If he can stay healthy, he could end up being one of the steals of the draft. Uh, at 22, I have their Colts division rival, the Tennessee Titans, taking Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. After the disastrous Isaiah Wilson pick last, last year, they need to get somebody back onto that on the right side of that line, particularly considering they have not re-signed swing tackle Dennis Kelly. Uh, Jenkins is a mauler on the right side. He can open the hole in the run game for Henry and provide protection in play auction for Tannehill that is so important to that scene. Uh, and then at 23, I have the New York Jets taking Aziz. I'll give this one my best shot. Ojalari, I believe is how you pronounce the last name. The uh, edge out of Georgia. He's shown some flashes of elite rushing traits, but he needs to be more consistent. He's got a really good finishing verse, the quarterback, but he needs to be a bit stronger against the run. And then math is not my strong suit. I'm going to 24, I believe, correct? Yes, you are. All right, and finishing it out. Hey, look at me. Look at this journalism major doing math. Kobe, mm-hmm. baby. Here we go. Uh, and then at 24, I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers taking one of the more controversial picks of my first round. Could be considered a reach, but I think if any organization has sort of earned the right to reach for guys, it would be the Steelers. I'm taking Liam Eichenberg, the offensive tackle out of Notre Dame. He's a really agile offensive tackle who excels as a pass blocker, but he can give up too much ground to the power buzzers, and he really needs to add strength and size in the power run game. He checks out. 
All right. That, yeah, I like it. That that was quite a gauntlet of picks that you just had there, Noah Gross. And you know, I, it really is. Uh, and you know, the guys who I have going twenty-five on down, I could all see going. I think people say the draft starts at three because that's where you know that's where who could go becomes a real question. But I think in reality, the draft really starts in this range, in this fifteen to seventeen range, where it's just a lot of guys where there's a as opposed to being. 12 to 15 guys we all kind of know we're going to go maybe 15 to 20 in that first 15 there's 40 guys that could go in the next 15 picks and we'd all go oh i see that it's just a lot different now i can i I can see a lot of the picks that you just had noah going where they are the problem is the last two picks that you have i don't even have in my first round so yeah see exactly like i said i know eichenberg was a reach uh i I originally had them going Najee harris the running back out of uh, Alabama because it just makes so much sense for them. But just running backs in the first round, I I, I just stared at, my, stared at my screen. I couldn't do it. They lost out. I shouldn't say they look like they're going to lose Alejandro Villanueva, their longtime left tackle, their free agency, and they don't really have anybody in the roster at the you know, moment. No, I don't think – I wouldn't call Eichenberg a reach just because, in general, these Big Ten offensive linemen end up working out pretty well. You know, and, you know, he's a really guy. interesting player in that he's 6'6", but only weighed in at about 305, 306. He really is that sort of pure pass-blocking left tackle. And with a 39-year-old Ben, yeah, you know, he, he actually reminds me, and, you know, this, some people will take this as a negative, but I don't mean it to be, of Andre Dillard coming out of Washington State a couple of years ago. They have very similar draft profiles. Oh, yeah. And Dillard, I guess, like, his thing is he just, like... Right, you know, his rookie season, he, his rookie well, season, he backed up Jason yeah. Peters, which was fair. They sort of knew he would need to add weight and add size the first year. And then he blew out his bicep in training camp. So, and that's another reason why I think all these, oh, of course they take, like, they're going to take an offensive, like, an interior offensive lineman for the Eagles. I would kind of get Kelsey's year-to-year retirement. Brooks has back-to-back injuries. But with Dillard at left tackle, Johnson at right tackle, Milad at swing tackle, I just can't rationalize taking an offensive tackle for the Eagles in the first round. No, I. But I, I digress. But I, I, let's hear. I want to hear Friedman. What Friedman has for these next, uh, these next eight. Sure. You're gonna try to synthesize it a little bit. Sure. Here we go. Uh, number seventeen. We're at the Las Vegas Raiders. I've got them taking Michigan edge rusher Quiddy Payne. Uh, I have a ton of Raiders fans in my life, and a lot of them say we need a rusher. We need a rusher. And Max Crosby was a nice gem for John Gruden and Mike Mayock in the draft. And I think Quiddy Payne might add to that other side. So I like him there. Number 18, I've got the Miami Dolphins taking Elijah Vera Tucker, the offensive lineman from USC. Another reasoning, if they are saying that they're committing to building around Tua Tagovailoa, it's best to get him as many weapons as possible, whether it's people that he's throwing to or people that are blocking for him. I like Vera Tucker in this spot. Number 19, the Washington football team. Initially, I had them taking Jalen Waddell. Now I made a change and I have them taking Mac Jones, the quarterback from Alabama. This is where he falls. I think we're all in agreement that Mac Jones is out of all the quarterbacks that are being taken in the first round. He's probably the worst out of them. So I like him there because right now, right now the football team only has Ryan Fitzpatrick. They re-signed Taylor Heineke. I like that position, but I think Ron Rivera might like a Mac Jones there. So I like him at 19. Number 20, Elijah spoiled it, but he likes the pick. So I'm happy. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. I think that the Bears wide receiver depth besides Allen Robinson is extremely weak. And I think that uh, Jalen Waddle would add a great burst of speed there. 
I'm hoping that he can play in the cold because of course he went to Alabama and it's not necessarily cold there. So that's my only concern. I think that he'll be great there. Chicago is taking Jalen Waddle. 21, the Colts. I like them taking Tevin Jenkins, the offensive lineman from Oklahoma State. Like Noah Gross mentioned, Anthony Costanzo, the longtime left tackle, retired. I think that Tevin Jenkins can slide right in. I think that besides Derisaw and Slater, he's the next best offensive line draft prospect. Number 22, Tennessee Titans, Rondell Moore, the wide receiver from Purdue. I love watching this player play. And Tennessee lost Corey Davis to free agency, so they immediately can plug in and play this player. I think that he'll do great things with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry uh, in that offensive scheme. 23, the New York Jets, who acquired the Seahawks' first-round pick as a result of the Jamal Adams trade. I, I was very confused because I really don't know what the Jets' main priority is, considering they're a firestorm of a team. So I have them taking an edge rusher, Jalen Phillips, out of Miami, uh, especially with the loss of Henry Anderson going to the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that this pick makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, I'll say Jalen Phillips to Miami. 24, Pittsburgh Steelers. They always do so well in the draft. I've got them taking Zayvon Collins, the linebacker from, from Tulsa. Noah, like Noah sorry. Gross said, I think that Collins Noah, has a lot of upside. And I really think, especially he's the Benerica Award winner for best linebacker in the country. And I think he fits the mold for the Steelers, especially considering they lost Bud Dupree to the Tennessee Titans. And they've got a whole lot of other questions that they didn't answer in free agency. Linebacker was one of them. They can go forward in the draft with Zayvon Collins, who I feel like is the most underrated defensive player in this first round. Uh, just one thing. I, I just want to correct you real quick, uh, Noah Friedman, just because I think you said you have Jalen Phillips going to Miami, but he played at Miami. He's going to the Jets in your mug. Correct? Yeah, that thing. Okay. Just wanted to make sure about that because I was – I was a little confused because the Jets and the Dolphins. don't matter. We're just saying words. Words are real. Time is a real concept. The the Jets and the Dolphins each have 38 picks in the first round. So, like, I'm sorry. You know, I just, no, no. I mean, you're you're good. I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure that you actually meant Jalen Phillips to the Jets. I Um, did. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. So, 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 so we're on the, so we're on the right page then. And, you know, I love, love, love Rondia Moore, Tennessee. I think he's a great scheme fit. Coming into the into draft season, I was super high on him. I loved him. Uh, I think he's someone you need to get creative with your scheme for, but he really is a, an electric talent who I think provides a lot, a lot, a lot to an offense. I love Rondell Moore's ability. Oh, yeah. No, he's a, he is a baller. And by the way, if you haven't checked out his tape, you should. Uh, you know, yeah, all- if you want to know what he can do, go and watch from his freshman year, the game against Ohio State, Put up like 170 and three touchdowns. I remember that. Upset over Ohio State. Yeah, he, he, he carried them. As, as a true freshman against Ohio State, just walked on the field and said, I'm just going to be better than everybody here. I love Ron Nell Moore. Massive fan of his. He's not in my first round. I think questions about his size and injury concerns could push him out of the first round. But I think someone could get an absolute steal of a guy on the second round for him. And if I don't, if I remember correctly, Noah Gross, that was the game where it was a whiteout at. Purdue and it was when college game day was there and they, yep, they, it was they one featured of the Tyler Trent in, the um yeah the Tyler the, Trent game yep yep exactly so exactly I I you hit the so nail right on more not someone who's going to shy away from the big lights exactly so I I, I I get it you took the words right out of my mouth and speaking yeah. of which uh I think we've got a draft to complete here so no I want to turn it back over to you for picks 25 I believe we do 
Yeah, so just wrapping things up now, we've made it to the end of the ride, ladies and gentlemen. And then once I talk, you guys can, you know, go away because you've heard the important part. So at the, <laughs> oh, with the 25th pick, I've got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Trayvon Merrick. As I previously said, he's a really complete safety who can do it all. I think he goes at 25 because the NFL is sort of, sort of prioritized safety a lot less. But he's great dropping into the deep middle or deep third, and he's an above average open field tackler. With a 26th pick, I have a trade. I have the Philadelphia Eagles coming up, jumping in front of the Baltimore Ravens, making a pick at 26 with the Cleveland Browns to select Terrence Marshall Jr., the wide receiver out of SLSU. He's exactly what the Eagles need at receiver right now. He's got the ideal size and speed to play outside, average like 20 yards a catch, something crazy like that. He was overshadowed in college by the guys he played next to, but he's got great hands and understanding of the intangibles of the position. At 27, I have the Baltimore Ravens taking Elijah Moore, the slot receiver out of Ole Miss. He's a very shitty slot receiver who should thrive in Baltimore's run-pass option heavy scheme. He lacks the long speed to be a genuine downfield threat, but in this system, I think he can sort of negate that with his shiftiness and hands. At 28, I have the New Orleans States taking Greg Newsom, cornerback out of Northwestern, a really do-it-all safety, scheme versatile and long, can play inside and outside, got great speed and quickness, but can get a little grabby, and needs to have better understanding out of route concepts, as he often finds himself out of position. At 29, I have the Green Bay Packers taking Rayshad Bateman, the wide receiver out of Minnesota, plays both inside and outside, some of the best hands in the draft. You know, we saw last year, we saw Jerry Judy go, we saw C.D. Lamb go, we saw Henry Ruggs go, and then the fourth receiver to go was Justin Jefferson. I think Bateman could be in that mold this year where he's sort of the first guy in that next group who ends up really starring and showing up for his new team, and especially considering who's playing across from Devontae Adams, and his quarterback won't be too terrible. With the 30th pick, I had the Buffalo Bills selecting Kadarius Toney, another wide receiver, this time out of the University of Florida. One of the most explosive players in the draft. We've seen how creative they can be in that system. He'll play all three receiver spots and even give you snaps at running back. He can get pushed around and struggle to get off press. So you got to move him around and kind of get him going in order to make him most effective. With the 31st pick, I have the Jets trading back up into the first round and taking uh, Najee Harris, the running back out of Alabama, a do-it-all back with the Jets going on, everything happening, the fact that they're the Jets, they need to have someone that can turn around and go, hey, we're going to give you the ball 30 times a game because Wilson just, you know, he's going to need help. I think it helps him a lot. I don't believe they edited any running backs of note in free agency. They get one certainly here in the first round. And then to close out the draft in the first round, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking Christian Barrymore, the defensive tackle out of Alabama. He's a really powerful interior rusher who's difficult to move in the run game. He controls to disengage from blocks, and he'll give them a really dangerous three-headed punch and a potential to, you know, really grow into long-term stability. And, you know, there are still a lot of guys I think could go instead of them. I, you know, Tyron Campbell, the cornerback out of Georgia, I'm a big fan of. Creed Humphrey, the Alabama center. Landon Dickerson has had injury issues. But if not for them, he'd be a top 15 pick, the center from Alabama. Uh, a name to watch, Davis Mills, the quarterback out of Stanford. A lot of scouts have fallen in love with his potential and his raw ability. And we can't forget about Asante Samuel Jr., uh, the quarterback out of Florida State, who will likely be relegated to being a pure slot corner, but one of the feistiest players in this draft. So I'd like to, first of all, before I go, I, I really love that the Eagles are taking Terrace Marshall because, like you said, he's basically overshadowed because he played with Jabbar Chase and Justin Jefferson in college. So 
the fact that he's not even on my first round kind of makes me want to rethink that. So good on you for that because he might be a good find. And right. And I think the if first the Eagles stay pick. where they are in the second round, they'll yeah. get a receiver. Someone's going to be there. It's such a deep class. But I think the skill set that Marshall brings at the level at which he brings them warrants moving up in front of them. And I don't think he gets past Baltimore at 27. I, I love that pick. So what, that, that might be the best pick that you have in your mock. I'm, ju- I'm just saying. So yeah, it was I'll, a fun one. It, it is. And all right. So I'll, I'll go I, down I, here I and blow your mind. I want to hear what Elijah has to say too. So oh, well, I'm going to blow your minds once it, once it becomes my turn to like kind of synthesize everything, like just be prepared. Let me blow your mind. Like, like, Eve. okay. Number 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars, as a result of trading uh, away Jalen Ramsey to the Rams, uh, they get Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver from Florida. I think if you're going to draft Trevor Lawrence first overall, and you have another first round pick, you might as well give him a toy to throw to Kadarius Tony is perfect for that. He also has the Florida connection with Urban Meyer as well. So 25, Jaguars, Kadarius Tony. 26, I have the Browns staying there, um, especially because they recently released Sheldon Richardson, a defensive lineman. I have them taking, and I'll try to get his name right, Levi Onwuzurike, the defensive lineman from Washington. So plug and play. This just makes all the sense in the world, and he can be a great asset with Jadavian Clowney coming to, Bal- uh, coming to Cleveland as well. Speaking of Baltimore, as I was just about to say, the 27th pick, I have the Ravens taking Alex Leatherwood, the offensive lineman from Alabama. Scouts don't necessarily have him as a first-round draft pick, but I think the Ravens have a lot of need at the offensive line position, and they really miss a guy like Marshall Yonda, especially considering he's over a year retired now. So putting Alex Leatherwood, a guy who went to Alabama and is probably pro-ready, makes a whole lot of sense. At 28, this was my most controversial pick. And I'll try to explain it as best I can, but I don't think I'm going to win you guys over with it. I have the Saints taking Najee Harris, the running back from Alabama. And a big reason why is because I feel like what Alvin Kamara was able to do in his best years with Mark Ingram and that kind of tandem worked. So adding a guy like Najee Harris might push Alvin Kamara to be even better than he can already be. So it makes sense. I don't know. And then, you know, Jameis Winston's going to be the quarterback now of the Saints, and uh, you have Taysom Hill as well. So just adding on another running back makes sense to me. We'll see how you guys feel about it. 29, Green Bay Packers. This is the one pick that Noah and I both agreed on, Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota. And he's already learned to play in the cool. I think he's athletic enough, and I think they needed to do this last year, the Packers, but instead they drafted Jordan Love. So now they can finally – change their ways and draft a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. So Rashad Bateman to Green Bay makes a whole lot of sense there. Number 30, Buffalo Bills. I have them taking Travis Etienne, the running back from Clemson. I think he could be the best running back in this draft with all the uncertainty that running backs possess. And I'm not so sold on Devin Singletary or Zach Moss being the future guy that uh, Josh Allen hands the ball off to. So I like Travis Etienne there. I think he'll be great. Sean McDermott will love him. And so will Brian Dable. 31, the Baltimore Ravens are picking here because they ended up doing a trade with the Kansas City Chiefs that saw Orlando Brown Jr., the offensive lineman and two-time Pro Bowler, go to Kansas City. So as a result, the Ravens are picking at 31, and I have them taking J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina. Not entirely sure that that's the necessary uh, pick, but I think it makes a whole lot of sense, especially considering 
Marcus Peters might not be on his game. He's kind of a veteran and he's definitely past his peak years. And Noah Gross, you waved so highly of J.C. Horn and the fact that he's picked so high on your board uh, means that he fell uh, to my board. So I'd say J.C. Horn, 31 to Baltimore. Finally, rounding it out, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl champions. Uh, I didn't really know where to go with this either, considering they basically got the band back together. But I kind of went with the wild card here. Asante Samuel Jr., of course, you guys remember Asante Samuel, the former Patriots cornerback. His son is now going to be in the NFL, which is kind of insane. Also, he went to Florida State, so just putting him back in his home state. Why not? That's kind of where I'm I'm at here. So that's how I round out my draft. All right. Just two well, comments I want to make real quick on, on Freeman's draft. Uh, number one, the pair of running backs you have going, Najee Harris to the Saints and ETN to the Bills. I actually don't mind either of those. I completely agree with your assessment that Kamara functions best when he has the ability to be a lightning to someone's thunder. And I really actually in my, I genuinely in my original draft had ETN going to the Bills. I ended up doing Tony because I think with the loss of John Brown and the fact that you can sort of use Tony in running back like packages and the fact they've got some around picks, try and get a running back. But I like those. And, you know, J.C. Horn at 31, I, I, I get that's just sometimes your board breaks a certain way and guys fall on your board. I get it. I don't see any scenario where J.C. Horn makes it out of the top 20. I just can't see that happening in, in, in this year's draft. Fair enough. You know, I – one sec. Let me erase something real quick. I – but I'm glad we're agreement on Bateman. We both like Bateman, I think. We both – oh, I think that's a slam dunk. And the Packers should have done this last year, like I said, where they – I think the Packers made the right decision. Uh, I, I almost, just to make Elijah really happy, <laughs> put Davis Mills to the Packers just oh to my make – Oh, Just Please. to see the smile on his face. Kellen Mond. Nothing against Kellen Mond. I'm sure he's going to be good. But, like, it's it just – please, just overload Aaron Rodgers with quarterbacks, for the love of God. Um but uh, just to kind of synthesize, like, where we're at with this draft, I think one thing that we can agree on is that if there is a running back worth drafting in round one, Najee Harris fits the mold. Yeah, Najee Harris is a guy, you know. I really had him going to the Jets and originally at, you know, 23, 24, wherever it is. I ended up having to take the, the edge from Georgia. But he's a guy. He's a football guy. He drove, like, six hours to go watch his teammates do his pro day. You know, t- uh, telling McShay to kiss his ass on on Schefter's show. I absolutely love Najee Harris. I'm a massive fan of his. Oh, yeah. He's, he's going to be great. I sort of talked myself out of him to the Jets, if that makes sense. Honestly, him in New York might be really cool. Um, so um, just to kind of go over, uh, like, what I – like, to the last 17, uh, what, I, what I ended up going with here is I think that the Raiders, in need of a good bit of defensive versatility – are going to go with um, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Look at you. Okay, good. Yeah, I practiced before, uh, but I just think that you know he's got that versatility that is going to be uh, next level for them. Um, now here is here's my potential reach, but I also think that it makes sense in a lot of ways because I like what Miami does on defense, and I think that I think that they do too. I think that they are going to get Najee Harris at 18. And I know that's early for a wow. running back. I know that's early for a running back, but I think, you know, given Chua's struggles or like, you know, his, his like the fact that he just. Inconsistencies. Inconsistency. Yeah. Like he's, you know, he's, 
still a young quarterback taking a little bit more time to develop. I think that I, I just could see a scenario where um, Miami wants a guy that they know can just fall forward and get four yards, you know, and I think that he'd be, he'd have a great, he'd have a great time in Miami. Like, gives him a lot of value at the running back position for sure. Oh, no question about it. Um, and also like him with Matt Breida, like that's a really interesting combo. One um, of our favorite players. Oh yeah. Uh, now Washington football team. Uh, I have them getting, uh, sorry, Noah Gross, but Micah Parsons here, I think, per fall. Um, I think that you put him in that defense with obviously Chase Young and Montez Sweat and uh, that other guy who's really good. Um, and there are 17 other first round picks in the defense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's, insanely, it's an insanely stacked defense. And it's not like their head coach is one of the better defensive minds we've seen in the NFL in the past 20 years or anything. Oh, wait. He is. Um, yeah, Ron Rivera is excellent. Um, and I do think, um, like, Micah Parsons will be able to just be a pure We were similar thinking. You're going Parsons, me going with Koromoa, just getting an athletic linebacker in the middle of that defense he really plays it on a level. You know? he really makes downhill. it a dangerous, dangerous defense. Exactly. And uh, speaking of dangerous defense, the Bears, who, by the way, are my favorite team, in case anyone cares, um, I think that here we're going to get – like th- this might be a little bit wishful, but I also think it's somewhat realistic. Uh, I like Tevin Jenkins here from from Oklahoma. Uh, you know, just a big guy could definitely come in, upgrade at tackle. Okay, he's a pokey. That's that's what I said. You heard you heard oh, Oklahoma, but I said Oklahoma State. Just like I said, Jalen Phillips was going to Miami when he was really going to the New York Jets. Yeah, you said you said Jets, but. I heard Miami exactly. So two hosts have messed up colleges, and one hasn't. I'm just and the guest hasn't. I'm just saying, maybe the guest needs to, you know, maybe maybe, maybe we all need to re maybe we need to rethink our careers. Yes, um, so, oh, by the way, I I, I just realized uh, Noah Friedman, you and I, our, our teams are our draft day neighbors, so that's pretty cool. That uh, is pretty cool, and then like, the Tennessee Titans, where you're from, is also in that neighborhood. Oh yes, yeah, seven seeds. Hey, where are you, Noah? Ha! Where are you, Gross? Down there at the. Uh, you got you have a Super Bowl recently, so we can't really argue. Um, but um, well, also you could just say double boink. I know, I know. Uh, I'm just I wasn't going to your words. Your words. I know. I, know. I, I I gotta I gotta do the self roast. Um, but I actually think Indianapolis. This might be a bit of a reach, but I think that it makes sense for them to go get a corner. And I kind of like Greg Newsom. Um, I think that the, the 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 Colts definitely have, like they definitely have talent on the defensive side of the ball. But I think they could, they could use some help in the secondary. Could use a long term corner. Xavier Rhodes isn't that, you know? What exactly. I mean? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. More Rhodes, safety anyway. I, I I like Rhodes, and I have nothing against him. Um, he was really good for Minnesota all those years, but like. They, they need to keep that, that door going. And eventually, you know, you'll have Rakia scene next to uh, Greg Newsom, which would be a nice combo. Um, Tennessee, um, the Tennessee Titans, I have taking um, that receiver, but not more. I have him taking Marshall. I have him taking Terrace Marshall. Uh, like we said, overshadowed at LSU. Really, really talented player. Also, like, you should definitely check out his film if you get a chance. It's really fun. Immediately steps into that Corey Davis outside receiving role. Yes, 100%. I wonder, has Corey Davis signed in the offseason? Yeah, the Jets. Yep. Jets, got it. Oh, that'll be interesting with uh, the, not Lawrence. Uh, Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Wilson, yeah. 
But yeah. I, think, I think why a running back there makes a lot of sense, particularly ETN to the Jets. I think that's awesome. Get him back with Trevor Lawrence. They already know to play together. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And look, and, and the thing is, like, if I'm wrong about Najee Harris going to Miami, which I obviously very well might be, Jets at 23, I, I would understand if they did take him. Sure. Because, you know, now they have a quarterback. And also, like, they have a quarterback who can move around. They have a good – like, they have a, one of the best left tackles in the game – or who, someone who's going to be one of the best left tackles, at least. In the sure, 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 sure. Um, anyway, 23, uh, Kadarius Toney uh, to the Jets, I think. Um, Noah, I, 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 like, earlier this year, Noah Gross, we talked a little bit about him just because he was just so good for Florida. Some people see him as a gadget guy. Um, but, you know, just a very versatile receiver and um, lots of talent. And you, you like his motor. I, I love his motor and his passion for the game. I think there's a difference between a receiver who runs gadget plays and a gadget guy who plays receiver. And I think that Tony's the former. Snaps to that because that's, that's very, very strong. Um, Pittsburgh, I think Zayvon Collins. Do you know how Pittsburgh does with linebackers? They always, always him and Devin Bush together. When Freeman said that, I went, I, I was like, wow, that, that would be gnarly. That would be pretty lights out. Although, oh man, now, oh my God, now I'm seeing a trade. I'm seeing a trade. Oh my God, but it's okay. No, Welcome no, to no, mock drafts, buddy. Too, too late. I'm not doing a trade. Um, so uh, I have Jalen Phillips going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they could use some help on that defensive line. You, know, you can't go wrong with a defensive, uh, with a pass rusher. Um, and like I, I like the idea of them getting weapons, but they actually have some pretty good receivers um, in Chenault and um, DJ Chark, just really solid players. Big Chark guy, big Chark guy. Definitely a Chark guy. He made a great play against the Bears uh, week 16 this past year. Um, then the Browns, uh, I like them getting Christian Barmore to go with uh, Miles Garrett. Great they, pick for them. They have to have someone to, uh, you know, someone to just clog the middle against Lamar Jackson. Um you know, like that, that would make them a little bit more formidable uh, in the run game. And like Truman said, they released Sheldon Richardson, which I think gives a big hole in the middle of that line. Oh, big time. That, that's like a 300. I'm saying both figuratively and literally. Oh, yes. I love, that's, that's one of my favorite things about defensive tackles. Um, then Baltimore, I believe, picks again. Like, and at 31, yeah. Right. Or 27 and 31. Oh, oh, right. Oh, the Browns. Yeah. The Oh, no. Now I'm at Baltimore. You're on Baltimore's Baltimore first, first round there. Right, at 27 and at 31. Yeah. Yes, I, I have them picking Elijah Moore. I believe that was um, – I believe – yeah, that was that was Noah Gross's pick. Um, but, yeah, I just think that they're going to want to get a receiver there. And I think that the receiver pool starts to dwindle a little bit before the tackle pool does. Um, and then at 28 – this is kind of the, the shocking pick, or it might be like a little bit of a, oh, but I think, um, I think the Saints are going to get Mac Jones. I think it makes a lot of sense. Oh. I think it makes a lot of sense for New Orleans to have, you know, just kind of that statue because they're kind of replacing a pretty good quarterback over there. He would benefit. He would definitely be a guy who benefits from playing in a dome. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, no question about it. Also, like, you know, stays in the South. I think that, I think it makes all the sense. LSU fans might not love having to root for him, but they can deal with it. Offensive um, coach, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sean, best offensive coach. You know, like one of the best in the biz. Um, can really well, maximize his potential talent. And that's where I saw a potential trade-up because I could also see Pittsburgh drafting Mac Jones. Yeah. Heir apparent to uh, Big Ben. No, I think it's more Joshua likely Dobbs. to see Pittsburgh target a Jamie Newman, a Kyle Trask, in second or third round, maybe even Davis Mills. Yeah. 
Also, I, I still think like I still think if anyone could get the most out of Dwayne Haskins, it is the Steelers. Although sure. the wild card, but now, but that's a whole other. It's a wild that's, card. That's else. a whole other podcast, honestly. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. But um, uh, Green Bay next pick, I'll go with Rashad Bateman. Um, really good receiver. I hope they mess this up, but like I don't think they will. Um, although I can also see them going for Alex Leatherwood here because uh, with Bakhtiari getting hurt, you never know. Um, and you know Aaron Rodgers getting old. Kind of want to, kind of want to protect him a little bit. Um, then at thirty, but I, I'm going with Bateman ultimately. Thirty, Quitty Pay to Buffalo. They need pass rush. They they absolutely need pass rush. Um, I think that was pretty much their downfall. They could not do anything against the Chiefs last year. They took Espinazer last year, and he really he did not do a lot for them. He's got a he's, he's, he needs to take step forward this year. Um, then Baltimore. I think, you know, they traded their offensive tackle. I think they're going to draft one in the first round. That means – so I have them still getting Alex Leatherwood. And then Tampa Bay with the 32nd pick. <laughs> Who cares, right? Like, it almost doesn't matter. But I do yeah. think – I do like the Asante Samuel pick because I think they – if they are soft anywhere, it's corner, I guess. Um, and also, like, <laughs> Tom Brady could tell him about how he used to play with his dad. Yeah, you know, there's an argument that Asante Samuel is better than Greg Newsom, but I think that the problem for a Samuel is that he's going to be pegged as a pure slot corner because of his size. That's that's the main thing is 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 the size. Yeah, because, I mean, but for Greg Tampa, Newsom, I think they're okay with that because they got Carlton Davis and Sean McVay bunting outside. And I think you could, and I think once you're able to slide a, a Samuel into that, you get you got a really formidable secondary back there. Oh, no question about it. Especially like like that linebacking core that defensive line like they they yeah. i mean tom brady obviously the goat and all tampa has a team that is they, uh, they put around him they understood he couldn't do it on his own anymore that is a hell of a, sure sure, that, sure that's a whole other story once also, again i mean like the reason what, what i like about newsom is that like going to the Colts specifically is that they do have xavier Rhodes for him to, you know, who he shot. sort of mocks, who he sort of compares to a little bit and projects to. Oh yeah. You know, he's, got, he's got the size, he's got the physicality. Right. It's sort of do also, it all I, nature. I, love, I, I like getting defensive players and like, and um, well, not just defensive players, but like, just like big physical players. He's a really good scheme for them. Absolutely. But don't oh, forget yeah. guys, the Colts also have Kenny Moore, who's one of the most underrated corners in the game too. Yeah. So, and one of the best slot corners in football. Exactly. He's slot, right? Like he's mostly a slot. Yeah, guy. He's, he's mostly slot, but he always co- covers the other team's number one. So yeah. he's, he's going to be the guy, but if you want draft assurance, sure. Why not? If the Colts can take a cornerback. The thing is one. the Colts are also very stacked, you know, like they yeah. have a lot of talent. Exactly. The Colts, I think are pretty set on going either edge or off the tackle. I think, there's an 80 to 90% chance they go one of those two positions. And it makes Unless there's sense. someone on the board they just can't pass on as a different position, you know? But other than that, yeah. I think they understand how badly they need an offensive tackle. And But, you know, I think the reason they might shy away from that is they got Braden Smith the second round a couple of years ago. You know, they, they it's a deep draft. I think they'll potentially go edge in the first and come back for linemen in the second. They could, especially if the some of the guys who we talked about fall into the second round and the Colts hey, keep picking pretty early. So we'll see. Maybe they'll trade Carson Wentz to the Bears for the number twenty pick. Pass. No, Wouldn't that be fun? That would not be. That would just be a whole. That's a lot of circles. Oh yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all's teams had a trade. Yeah, we did That's the whole trade. trade, and you know, we might do another Zach Ertz if you want him. <laughs> hey, send him in. We'll take him. Um, but hey, uh, by the way. I think this might be a good concluding point 
Noah Gross, do you have any advice? Like not, yeah. Do you have any advice for Noah Friedman about rooting for Carson Wentz? Oh boy, that's a good one. Um, Especially with the offensive made, line, too, right? Yeah, you know what? What I what I would say is when he makes the bad plays, remind yourselves of the good ones that he does, um, and understand that he is a guy who if nothing else, you can't say he didn't go for it. He didn't give it. He didn't, he, you know, but I think it's a, it's a, a cliche. He left it all in the field. Was getting paid $35 million. I would hope he laid it all on the field. I don't like those cliches in general, but Carson really is a guy who's, he's going to wear it all on his sleeve. If he's upset, you know, you just had your Philip Rivers. I think they're a little bit similar that way. If Carson's not happy about it, about something you're probably going to know about it. I think he'll, he I think he'll thrive. A having Frank Reich and B having something to throw to that isn't basically a high school janitor. He plays so, a little bit like Jay Cutler, minus there, yeah, minus everything that made Jay Cutler suck. Like he's Jay Cutler with balls, so to speak. Right, and and let's and let's call it now. You know, now that we have had some time to do it. He's a little moody. He's a little, you know, the narrative of oh gee golly, I'm this Midwest kid who's just so happy to be here. That narrative is, yeah, it's, it's kind of falling apart at this point. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the, the benefit, though, too, is that if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs, then that second-round pick becomes a first-round pick. So Right, which would be it. optimal for me. And yeah. in the so Eagles' ideal world, Carson plays the entire season, the, the Colts go like 7-9, and nine, and that pick ends up in the 18-20 to 20 range. 8-9. Eight, eight and nine. Hey, oh God! I, I don't think the going seven and nine. It's the worst. Uh, I am so nodding forward. To everybody correcting me about that going forward. I know, right? I know, but you know, I'll be on it. I'll be on it. Oh, Mr. if anyone will be on it, it will be Mr. you. Your San Diego Chargers. Oh no. Okay. Oh, well, in that anyway. case, it's that time of the night, and we're all tired. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Cross Country Sports Podcast. Noah Gross, it was such a pleasure having you on. We hope to have you on again sometime because I I would love to be back. Literally, you know, at a moment's notice, I would be happy to come back and 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 spout off my wisdom of the NFL world or anything else you guys might want to talk about. Oh yeah, well we'll need you for basketball because I don't know anything about it. There you go. There's the S word you wanted to use. That's the word. Anything syndrome. It's it's great to see you again, Noah. And Thanks Great again. seeing you guys. Be well, be happy. Everybody stay safe and, you know, have a rest of your night, guys. Happy draft season. Yep. Freeman, you want to do exactly. your send-off? Yep. Or... Watch the NFL draft on Thursday, April 29th, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific on ESPN and NFL Network and wherever other streaming services are. Make sure to get our podcast, the Cross Country Sports Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. We're there. For Elijah Zalanki, Noah Friedman, Noah Gross, signing off. Have a good night. We'll talk to you guys again soon.